Here's a message from today's episode's sponsor. Life is full of transitions, even with the ownership of your pharmacy. You may be thinking about succession planning, retiring, or buying another pharmacy. Well, the Cardinal Health Pharmacy Transition Team has you covered. We provide consultation to all community pharmacies. The sooner you can form your plan, the better. We are here to help your pharmacy learn more about opportunities for buyers and sellers, become informed of your financing options, and leave your patients and employees in good hands. listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is the Pain Pod. You want to see pain? Look at these. Welcome to the Pain Pod, the podcast for all things pain management, hosted by the Pain Guy. Dr. Mark Grofoli. We'll be collaborating with numerous pain management experts, talking about substance usage disorders, the latest treatment modalities, and most important, important. focusing on the pain of our patients as leading providers of pain care. And now here's our host, a man wanted in all 50 states. A suburban city like Mountain Man. Without the beard. From the hills of West Virginia. And certified in Weapons of Mass Destruction Response. It's Dr. Mark Garofoli. Welcome back, everyone, to the Pain Pod. This is, of course, yours truly, Mark Pain Guy Garofoli, trademark pending. Uh, But I just want to welcome everyone back to the Pain Pod. Now here today, for our conversation, we're going to be going over MMEs, also known, of course, as morphine milligram equivalents. Now, this is not a CE, folks. This is actually a conversation. Let's get down and dirty with morphine milligram equivalents and how they're affecting not only patient care, but really everything within society when you think about it. Now, to do so, I think we need to go, well, a little bit more within society, a little bit outside of healthcare, but related to healthcare when we're talking about morphine milligram equivalents, or at least when we talk about MME. So with that in mind, I want to bring up some wrestling, as we say, you know, the old wrestling ring. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble. Now, when talking about this wrestling, I'm actually talking about no one other than the masked Marvel entertainer. Who the heck is that MME? Well, that's Johnny Bull Walker. So Johnny Walker, in that sense, uh, was Dr. Monica. Uh, Well, when uh, future Dr. Monica was going through med school, it was cost a lot, right? So he became a wrestler under the name Johnny Bull Walker, but was later referred to as the masked Marvel. And I'm adding the entertainer on the end of it. And actually became a world champion. Uh, he wrestled in places even as big as MSG, Madison Square Garden. Uh, but then he, uh, he actually, as a doctor, then became in charge of pain treatment at the Madigan Army Medical Center during World War II. Uh, well, along that way, he did a lot of reading. Uh, I don't know if a lot of wrestlers do a lot of reading, but this one did, right? So he read a lot of medical li- literature, uh, thousands and thousands of pages, and realized that there was like literally just a handful that talked about pain. 
So the name influenced them basically to make the what some would say the Bible of pain. That would be Bonica's management of pain. Very infamous reference for pain management. And here we are in the pain pod talking about it. Uh, he also proposed new ways of treating pain at the time. Yeah, you know, things like nerve block injections and actually even helped to develop the epidural for delivering mothers. So all of our moms out there, think about that. If you had an epidural anytime uh, during the, that uh, wonderful procedure, comes down to a wrestler. Yeah, MME. But really, when we're talking about MMEs, at least here in the pain pod, what we're typically talking about, of course, are morphine milligram equivalents, a way to compare opioids, particularly prescription opioids. But there's a lot of terminology out there. There's also MEQ, or the morphine equivalent. Uh, there's MED, morphine equivalent dose. And if that's not done enough, there's also MEDD, uh, morphine equivalent daily dose. Good golly. Uh, in the end, though, folks, they're all really talking about MMEs. Um, and, and how do we describe MMEs? Well, uh, definitely not perfect, but uh, one way to go about it outside of healthcare outside of wrestling too, uh, is perhaps to think about citrus fruit. Uh, so you've got limes, lemons, grapefruit, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, you, you might not put a, a lemon in your mouth easily uh, to, to eat that or even in your beverages of choice, uh, but you might do it with, say, a lime, or you might not even, maybe you like grapefruit. Where's my snowbirds at? Going down to Florida, right? Um you might like them, you might not, because there's different levels of citrus within it. Uh, and a relative comparison might be kind of like a citric acid equivalent, uh, or CAE if we went with that, or maybe citrus milligram equivalent. Uh, the overall idea, it's not a perfect comparison by any means, uh, but the overall idea is just comparing that within. And that's what we you know, get with MMEs, uh, an attempt at trying to compare prescription opioids so that we know where to begin. Now, back in the day, there we're talking, we'll say pre-2016, you'll see why in a hot second, pretty sure you already know, uh, but there was a plethora of different MME charts out there. Now, some of the cream was rising to the top, of course, and utilized more, but there was a lot of them. In fact, there's even review articles out there going over how many there just, you know, existed. The day ended in why there was an MME chart created, right? Well, we said 2016, because then along came the 2016 CDC chronic pain opioid guidelines. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and at that point, it was it was an attempt. One of the components of that, there's a lot going on with them, right? In fact, we have a previous episode where uh, uh, yours truly, Bangai, uh, spoke with uh, the PharmD primary author of the updated CDC opioid guidelines. Uh, Dr. Christopher Jones had a phenomenal conversation. I recommend you checking out that episode if you haven't already. Uh, but back in 2016, you know, certainly times were different. Heck, our world went through a lot less back in 2016, right? Uh, but at that point, one of the things that was included in the, the CDC opioid guidelines in 2016 was kind of an attempt to just say, all right, this will be the MME chart that everybody's going to utilize going forward. Now you can't get everybody on board, right? Um, heck, we all can debate if we agree at some point on, on that idea. But the general overall idea was that that kind of was the way going forward. That being said, there was some issues with those. Um, yours truly and many others had some concerns along the way for, you know, even specific things like uh, buprenorphine. Good golly, we probably need an episode of, of the pain pot on buprenorphine alone, right? Uh, but the original MME factor, morphine milligram equivalent factor for buprenorphine in the 2016 CDC opioid guidelines was 10. And then yours truly and a whole bunch of other people probably reached out to the CDC too. In fact, I know they did. 
Uh, I was strolling through pain week. Yes. In Las Vegas. So I was hanging out in a Vegas hotel using my iPhone SE, the first one folks just mentioned that just because think about the technology involved, kind of like the AOL running guy back in the nineties compared to today's smartphones. Right. Uh, but anyways, um, found multiple references on my smartphone that I then shared with contacts at the CDC to say, Hey, this might actually be 30. Uh, there was actually a, a reference that even said 80, but anyways, not 10, right? Well, I'm actually within about three months after, uh, I'm sure a bunch of people reached out, uh, the CDC updated that buprenorphine MME factor to be 30. And then a couple months later, about six, uh, then they said, ah, actually, we're not going to list it at all because it seems like it's being stigmatic to buprenorphine MAT doses. So then here we are as clinicians and pharmacy professionals and healthcare professionals, all of us with, well, what, what do we use? Like, what do we use? So the last published uh, and buprenorphine MME factor was 30. Uh, but again, bigger picture as far as MMEs was like, okay, well, like what went into making these things? Because by golly, uh, yours truly, I even found a 2015, the year prior, uh, veterinary article talking about dogs and cats and how buprenorphine was, uh, well, 30 times more potent than morphine. I'll include some of these references in the, the show notes here for this episode, but just think about that. Like for dogs and cats, we had our act together. It came to us humans. Wah, wah. Uh, but I, I digress here. Um, you know, there is the, the, um, the CDC opioid guideline updates uh, that will, uh, you know, will be readily available. I certainly want to check those out as well. But here we're talking about MMEs for this episode. So big picture here. Well, it's MMEs, morphine, milligram equivalents. So morphine, MME factor is, you guessed it, one. So is hydrocodone. Well, by golly, morphine and hydrocodone, we already know are one, right? You're, you're like 90% of the way there for what are the most commonly utilized prescription opioids in our country. Uh, then you probably want to re realize that oxycodone is a 1.5. Now we're really talking the vast majority of opioids at that point. Uh, but then, uh, well, all right, we have one for morphine and hydrocodone. We have 1.5 for oxycodone. Uh, what about uh, tramadol? Is that like in the drinking water or something? Because its MME factor is just 0.1. Ah, but hold up, folks. Yes, it's all about the dose. It's really all about the dosage. It's MME factor multiplied by the milligrams. Uh, you know, in like a hot second, we'll go, I'll, I'll bring up a, a case to kind of drive that home, perhaps, or at least a situation. Um, otherwise, MMEs to talk about here for methadone, it's, it's exponential, actually, or at least increasing. Um, for doses of one to 20 milligrams, it's four as an MME factor. For 21 to 40 milligrams, it's eight. For 41 to 60, it's 10. And anything uh, 61 or above is 12. Ah, that ain't confusing. My golly. I mean, even if I had it visually in front of you, you're probably like twiddling your thumbs thinking, ah, good golly. Well, even if you went with four, stuff's going to increase pretty quick, right? Uh, what about the patches? So like fentanyl patches, here's the way I, th I talk about MMEs with fentanyl patches. As long as you're utilizing them um, as FDA approved, you know, applying every 72 hours, every three days. Um, what you want to remember is that the lowest available patch is 12.5 mics per hour or 12, as some would say, um, that's equal to uh, relatively to 30 MMEs per day. So you can always multiply that out. The lowest available is 30, and then you just kind of multiply or divide it out, depending on how you're looking at things. Uh, so, you know, let's jump into a couple situations, dare I say cases, but, um, let's say you got a person who's utilizing oxycodone 40 milligrams twice a day. How many MMEs? I mean, this is like sixth grade, maybe fourth grade math, but boy, we all, presence of a clue, we all get kind of get too lost in the weeds sometimes, but 
Anyways, I did say oxycodone, 40 milligrams twice a day. So oxycodone, it's 40 milligrams twice a day. That's 80 milligrams in a day, right? We got that so far. 80 milligrams times the MME factor for oxycodone of 1.5. So 80 times 1.5, a buck 20. So oxycodone, 40 milligrams twice a day is 120 MMEs per day. And by golly, isn't that well above the CDC cautionary levels? You bet your bottom dollar it is. 50 or 90, a buck 20 is well above that, right? Yet was or is it common to observe utilization of oxycodone 40 milligrams twice a day, plus or minus other things. Very interesting for applicability, of course. Um, let, let's uh, think here of, uh, we'll, we'll lay off of the oxy here for a moment, but we'll say morphine and hydrocodone. So uh, morphine, we'll say 30 milligrams twice a day, uh, along with the uh, hydrocodone acetaminophen 10, We'll say like four times a day as needed. And we always calculate without the as needed, right? So morphine 30 twice a day. Well, that's 60 milligrams a day, right? Uh, times the MME factor of one. Boy, that was easy. Well, 60 times one, 60, right? Bank that in your head. Uh, hydrocodone acetaminophen 10, 3, 25, four times a day. So it's 10 milligrams, four times a day times four is 40. And the factor is still one. So it's 40. Pull out that bank. So it was morphine 60 MMEs a day, hydrocodone 40 MMEs a day for a total of 100 MMEs per day. The reason I'm going over this uh, and, and a podcast might be just darn right perfect for it is to really drive home the idea of, uh, gosh, what my dad, a, a roofer used to teach me is to be able to do math in your head. Now in healthcare, we want to double check things. Don't get me wrong. And heck, if you're on a roof, you want to double check it too. But anyways, uh, the overall idea is to be able to do these things in our heads with double checking. Now I, I harped on it. Let's, let's do one or two more uh, scenarios, cases, whatever here. Uh, tramadol. So the MME factor is 0.1. I mean, gosh, less, less than a decimal even here. Uh, but you got to think about the products that are available too. So like, what's a common you know, utilization, dosage, tramadol 54 times a day, right? So that's 50 times four times a day is 200 milligrams in a day, right? Well, 200 times little old 0.1 MME factor yields 20 MMEs per day. Whoa, that escalated quickly. Boy, that escalated quickly. You're darn right it escalated quickly. And that's because we always have to respect it's milligrams times the MME factor. So even little old tramadol there, the mixed action opioid can have its concerns. All right, let's amp up a little bit more here. What about, um, you know, when we jump into the realm of opioid use disorder, opioid addiction, uh, there's your buprenorphine with or without naloxone products. Very common utilized, uh, at least an observation, uh, dosage would be say, um, you know, the, the 16 milligrams a day. So if somebody's using 16, little old 16 milligrams of buprenorphine a day, how many MMEs a day is that? Well, the MME factor is 30, last published, right? 16 times 30, I'll do it for you folks, it's 480. 480 MMEs per day, is that above 50 or 90? Silliest thing you're gonna hear today or this month, right? Uh, of course it is. But what was the dose of the heroin that it's uh, you know aiming to help with for, for replacement? Mm, we don't know, right? And we wouldn't know because it's illegal drugs at that point. Uh, so tolerance factors in, every patient-specific factor comes into play. But big thing to keep in mind as well, too. All right. So what's it all mean in the end, though? Like, what, what, what is, when we're looking at the, these more female gram equivalents or MMEs, what, what are we really trying to analyze here? Um, well, overdose risk is what comes into play. Uh, there's a handful of studies out there that actually look at the relationship of the prescribed opioid dose uh, in MMEs and the overdose risk. Um, there 
really about four of them. I'll include them in the notes for everybody. But uh, one of them, um, basically from 2010, so a good number of years ago now, uh, is, is well known for talking about how, well, if somebody is utilizing 100 MMEs per day or more, that uh, there's um, more than a 10 times risk of overdose for whatever reasons. It's actually about 11 times. Uh, but that's not talking about death. There's actually a triple, approximately triple the overdose death risk just based on the prescribed opioids alone, or at least the prescription opioids. Got to check the source uh, alone. Now that can lead to some profound conversations for you um, with, uh, you know, healthcare interactions as well, and even in the community. But I caution folks, you always got to remember one of the scariest things that I saw last Halloween season, right? It was one of those uh, jack-o'-lanterns. You know what it had on it? Nah, not some kind of spooky guy. It had the words inferring causation from correlation. That was it. Um, there's a lot going on in the world. You got to remember that there's a lot going on for patients, for everyone in society as well, too. So, you know, these MMEs come with their, their limitations as well, too. Uh, you know, some, there, there's a good number of potential limitations uh, when it comes to uh, more female REM equivalents. Let's quickly, briefly here, talk about a handful. So first and foremost, obviously, patient variability. Folks, we're all human. We're all different. I, I, I mean, we got to take that into account of the approximations of all these things, right? Whether it's genetics, pharmacogenetics, age, height, weight, renal function, hepatic function, other medicines, conditions, you name it, we're all different. And we got to take that into account. Uh, there's also the conversion estimates concept. You know, not a, most of these don't have a decimal point as far as the MME factors. Uh, they're not necessarily exact. You know, you got decimal points, you got something like tramadol being 0.1 or, you know, codeine being uh, 0.15, so on and so forth. But they're general estimates along the way too. And also what about the old dose response curves? You know, typically we're talking about respiratory depression or death as the response for the dose response curve. But was it really, you know, we're usually looking for analgesia or, you know, reducing pain, improving function overall. Uh, so which, which one is it? Uh, what about also the bioavailability variability amongst various formulations? You know, a lot of times we're seeing, you know, for some of them like buprenorphine, they're very specific to the formulation, but in others, it's, it's not always. So, you know, that comes into play it, if we're saying, okay, this dose of opioid X is relatively equal to this dose of opioid Y yet when you take opioid Y, you're only really, gonna, your body's only gonna get like 10% of it anyway. Well, that can raise some problems. Or if you add another zero, it could raise even bigger problems, right? Um, I alluded to earlier with things like tramadol or tepentadol, even mixed action opioids. Well, is it at the opioid action that's, you know, causing the ruckus or helping you know, with uh, uh, respiratory depression and, um, you know, reduction in pain, respectively? Uh, or is it the other effects, the non-opioid effects? Uh, and it already kind of banged the drum on that whole methadone thing there of the exponential increases uh, for incremental milligram increases. Heck, if you look at, if you look at the difference, check this out, you look at the difference between methadone 60 milligrams and methadone 61 milligrams. Do you realize how many of an MME difference there is for that one milligram change? Not that there's a product available for it. I know, I know. It's a difference of 132 MEs for one milligram. When you're talking healthcare, that's concerning to, for having that ambiguity there. Good golly. Um, you know, another one that comes to mind, uh, transdermal fentanyl. Good golly. Previous guidance was so variable. Um, it's just uh, fentanyl in itself, probably extremely variable. But 
um, the, the charts that used to exist, the guidance, heck, the package inserts that used to exist for transdermal, the fentanyl patches. Um, it used to be so extremely variable. And now all, all of a sudden it's just, okay, this is what we do and this will work universally. Ooh, that can be tricky. All right, so that's that's like a, a baker's half dozen or so of the potential limitations or real limitations, really, for MMEs. Uh, but uh, what about what's the streets say? You know, let's go outside of healthcare here. It's all part of the the overall supply chain for all for you know the opioid crisis that we live in. Um, what about morphine milligram equity? That's what I'd call this other situation. Uh, so what if you got you know a scenario where someone's being uh, prescribed oxycodone forty milligrams twice a day? Oxycodone 10 milligrams every six hours as needed. So you got your long acting and your as needed or short acting version. Bottom line is you got about oxycodone 120 milligrams a day in that scenario. So just go with me on that 120 milligrams a day of oxycodone. What do you think that's worth on the streets? Whoa, <laughs> that came out of nowhere, right? Cash money. All right. So when looking at the cash money version of things, uh, so, you know, oxycodone 120 milligrams times the MME factor of 1.5 would make it 100 and 180 MMEs per day, right? What about the street price? Well, street price was observed to change right around 2016. Ding, ding. I wonder why. Uh, to be instead of one, a buck a milligram, it changed to about a buck 50 a milligram. So 120 milligrams a day of oxycodone times a buck 50 a milligram is $180 a day. How much a month, you ask? $5,400. How much a year is that, you ask? $65,000. So someone, if someone were to divert, misuse, abuse, sell, uh, which we obviously realize happens every day, not always by any means, but the possibility for that oxycodone 120 milligrams per day could net $65,000 a year in those technically two prescriptions just in one. Think about that. Even if the math is significantly off, wowzers. And, you know, again, that came into play of just the, you know, we're talking street here. So certainly a little bit different than within healthcare by all means, but we've got to look at the totality of the situation for our overall opioid crisis. And in the end, folks, I, I do it all the time and I'll do it again. I'll paraphrase Paracelsus. It's all about the dosage, baby. Yeah. He said it. Father of toxicology is like, ah, solo dosis facet venom, fancy Latin, right? Uh, it just means that the dose makes the poison, not the product. So where can we go in the future with these MMEs? Uh, you know, I, a great question. How do you determine the MME of a new opioid? Whoa. How do you, how do you go about that? Hmm? Is it receptor affinity? Hmm. Well, the magnetism to a receptor, it doesn't necessarily net the actual effect, right? Uh, do you have trials head to head with morphine to uh, go with that? Or maybe head to head trials with at least the same structural class, like say the phenanthrines of opioids. Um, what about when it's mixed action? What about the different formulations? Um, as new prescription opioids come to market, like truly new novel, uh, prescription opioids come out. This is a looming question, but perhaps we can just go with that. Eh, you know, it's good for the goose, good for the gander. Maybe we could utilize this MME concept in more than just prescription opioids and more than just, uh, you know, citric acid fruits and whatnot. Um, it turns out actually, uh, here's one that's real. Missouri has a Missouri marijuana equivalency units or MMEs. Check it out. I'll include it in the episode notes. But uh, yeah, it's looking at the marijuana equivalency units these days. Folks, I got to ask you, what would Johnny Bullwalker do? What would the Mask Marvel Entertainer do? Remember, yeah, the wrestler, then doctor. 
uh, marvelous uh, masked Marvel entertainer. What, what would he be thinking? Um, where do we go from here? You know, it, it's uh, we've got a scenario of when pain management, best of times, worst of times, like uh, you know Charles Dickens would say. Uh, but really, in the big picture, um, how, what is better? Uh, we've got to figure out how to get our ducks in a row when we're talking about the comparison of prescription opioids. If we should do that in the first place, but if we don't, then what do we utilize? To enemy or not to enemy? That is the question. So, folks, I look forward to our next episode of The Pain Pod. Uh, Until then, stay classy, and I certainly wish you a great day every day. If you'd like to join Mark on The Pain Pod, send us an email to publisher at pharmacypodcast.com. And make sure to share the show and subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. Thanks for listening.